Hello and welcome to the evening message for Lansing Tabernacle. My name is Reverend Richard Brunton, I'm one of the eldership team at Lansing Tab and we're very pleased to share the Word of God with you. We thank God that in these uh, somewhat difficult and different times the Word of God can continue to be preached and shared. Today I want to take you back to Mark chapter 13. We had a message earlier about the early verses of Mark 13, but I'm going to read from verse 10. We read in the Gospel, must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to pause there and meditate on those verses just for a little while before moving on to other verses in the chapter. But we want to remind ourselves that the gospel must be preached to all nations, then the end will come. And so as we shared earlier, it's not going to be wars, it's not going to be famines, it's not going to be earthquakes, it's going to not be anything that man does and it's not going to be anything as it were in the natural world that's going badly wrong. What will bring things to an end is when God says so and the one trigger that the Lord gives us that will signal the end is when he is satisfied that the gospel of the kingdom has been satisfactorily preached to all nations. Now, that's a tremendous challenge and of course, ever since the Lord Jesus went back to heaven, people have been raised up to take the gospel to many, many places. And even today, we know that there are some very remote places where the gospel still needs to be preached. It may well, it may well be true that every nation as such has heard the gospel, but there are certainly within nations uh, remote tribes, remote groups of people who still need to be reached. And we thank God for those Bible translators who are working tirelessly to put into the language of local people the Bible that we love and know. But that is our task. It is our task to share this good news with as many as we can and as we again said earlier today even though the means by which we do it may well be challenged we still don't give up we must look for more creative ways to make the gospel known now what uh, Jesus points out is that there will be opposition there will be persecution and people will be hauled before the authorities to explain what they're doing and why they're doing it. But this is where a verse that sometimes can be quoted a little bit out of context, but uh, this is where a verse is very powerful and very helpful. It's a verse which is saying, God will give through the Holy Spirit what people need to say in the hour that they need it. Now many people look at that and uh, they're calling upon God to give them something to say in fairly ordinary and not particularly 
uh, adverse and difficult circumstances. But this verse was originally given uh, to people who were facing extremely difficult and hard times. But the assurance is there in good or bad times. The assurance is the Holy Spirit will give you what to say. It's very important that uh, when it comes to defending our faith, when it comes to speaking up for the gospel, that we never rely upon our personality, we never rely upon our personal ingenuity, creativeness, whatever. There's a part to play in all that, but essentially our confidence to speak up for Jesus, even in the most extreme situations, is the Holy Spirit. He will help us know what to say. Now let me read a few more verses. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. This is an incredible uh, description of life in the last days, in the end times, where even families are going to betray one another and make life exceedingly difficult for those who are believers, will testify against them, seek to get them into trouble. Now, in my travels, in my ministry, I've occasionally met people who have indeed faced severe opposition when they were prepared to say, I am going to follow Jesus. Uh, I think of one man in Malawi who was told, if you remain a Christian, you don't have this home anymore. You don't have this family anymore. You are to go. We don't want you here. And he was a comparatively young man at the time. But he decided, I'm going to follow Jesus. Even though the extremities that were being placed against him were so, so awful, he said, but I have found Christ. I will follow him. And there are many others, some who even literally lay down their lives. But here's the verse I want to just draw your attention to. We're looking, by the way, at Mark 13, 10 to the end of the chapter. And here's the verse, it says, The one who stands firm to the end will be saved. So what this is telling us is that in the last days, it is going to be difficult for some excruciatingly difficult, tremendous pressures upon them to compromise and to give up their faith. The Word of God says, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. So, so basically what we're saying is this, we're saying that you've got to be prepared to endure. Now there are people who will try to suggest a message which is, oh, if you have Christ, everything's going to be easy. You know, all your enemies will fall down in front of you. Every adversity will be taken away. And it's like a red carpet sweeping you forward into glory. Well, that's just not true. Uh, we would like it to be true, but it isn't true. There will be things to fight. There will be things to put up with. 
there will be all sorts of challenges that will come our way as the time draws near for the Lord Jesus to come. He who endures to the end shall be saved. How can you endure to the end? You may look at things going on in some parts of the world and say, well, if I was handling that, how would I manage? Well, of course, first thing to realise is that the grace of God comes to us as and when we need it. So if you're trying to project yourself into a situation, that is not the way to handle it. Just know that when and if you are in a situation that requires a lot of courage and a lot of strength, God will give that to you in the moment. He's not going to give it to you in advance. In the moment that you need it, he is going to stand with you and strengthen you and help you to stand. So the first thing about enduring is to trust God that when you're in the challenging situation, there will be grace in order to help you. But something else that's very important is that if we are to stand in the evil day, while we can, we need to put our roots down deep into God. You know, if you look at a tree that stands in the midst of a hurricane or a storm, it's because it's got deep roots. It's not because suddenly in the moment it decided, come what may blowing against me, I will stand. It doesn't work that way. But in terms where perhaps the wind hasn't been blowing, where the challenge of the storm is not there, the roots have been going down. And we need to put our roots down deep into the Word of God. That's a very important lesson in end times, to know that if you are going through a period where you're not seeing particular opposition, use it to get ready. Not in a pessimistic and sort of mournful way, but in a very positive way to say, Lord, help me to enable you to grow in me. Help me not to resist you in any way. Help me to take in the Word of God. One of the things that's really quite uh, special and almost forgotten in a lot of churches today is committing the Scriptures to memory. You see, you won't always be able to have your iPad with you or, or your tablet or your iPhone or even your physical Bible. There could be times when you need to draw upon the Word of God and it needs to have been sown into your heart. One of the things that many of us, uh, many, many years ago, we were encouraged to memorise scripture and to spend time uh, and sometimes having to stand at the front of the church and perhaps we felt a little bit awkward when we were asked to give our memory verse whatever. But actually having the scripture in your heart Having the scripture in your memory, as opposed to simply relying upon the ability to have a Bible to read, this is something that really does strengthen us. There are so many times when the Word of God needs to dwell in you richly and you're not going to be able to read it. You need to call it to mind just at the moment that it is needed and required. And God is able to do that. It's also good to have our roots deep down into the grace of God. It's just absolutely essential. 
If you've got doubts about your security in God, about your standing in God, if you have fallen into the slightest sense, it's about what you do, your effort, your works, you're going to fall when the times of testing and uh, trial come. But when we have that sense, by the grace of God, my sins are forgiven. You see, the emphasis in security is upon knowing Jesus Christ and his love. If in any sense I think it's to do with me, then I will not stand in the evil day. But I can stand sure in the knowledge God loves me, Jesus died for me, he took my sins to the cross, he's taken the punishment I deserve, he's taken the wrath of God, he's delivered me from the power of the evil one, I am accepted because of Jesus. When the Father looks upon me, he looks upon me with the same favour and love as he looks upon his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, because my life is now hidden in Christ. That's our conviction. That's our belief. It goes back to our baptism. We were baptised not as a ritual, not to get wet. It was much deeper than that. We were baptised to say, Goodbye to my old life, goodbye to my independence, goodbye to myself. Now I embrace and take on the life of Jesus Christ. As I come out of that water, I'm demonstrating I have a new life in Christ. So Jesus is saying, yes, there will be trials and difficulties, even in the family. But you are able to stand and you must endure you must stand firm to the end and then you will see the grace of God. Now the verses that follow we said in a previous message we said that uh, sometimes you have to unravel what is being spoken about the situation in Jerusalem at that moment of time in history and what in fact is prophetic looking at a time which in fact is yet to come. Now when Titus and his armies descended on Jerusalem, they caused absolute havoc. They ransacked the city, there were many deaths, there was so much trial and uh, people running away trying to escape. And you have a sense of that in the verses that follow what I've just been sharing and talking about. Well, there will be a sense in which in the last days when evil is rampant, and when uh, the work of the enemy seems so strong, then some will be just wandering, running, going all over the place, trying to find a place of security. But for us, our security, as we've been saying, is always in the Lord. Let me pick up verse 20. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would have survived. But for the sake of the elect whom he's chosen, he has shortened them. God is watching, God is aware of the pressures going on in the earth. It's not easy to explain why he allows all these things. I don't know this side of heaven that we'll ever have a full understanding. Oh, I could give you a nice academic theological answer, but in practical terms, when you're up against it, you need to know the peace of God in your heart and not just wonderful theological theories and what have you. I'm not despising theology, but our basic theology is God is good, God is God, he's in charge, 
And even when things happen that I don't understand, I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to rest in him. That's good theology as I see it. But what we read is this. If these times weren't shortened, well, there would have been mass destruction. God will call time. People may well cry out and say, I've had enough. But that's not what's going to signal the end. It's when God calls time. And what Jesus moves on to now is something he's mentioned earlier in the chapter, and it's this. False messiahs, false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Be on your guard. I've told you everything ahead of time. It's not that we have absolutely every detail, but the wonderful thing for us as believers is very simply this. We are not caught out. We are not surprised. We're not saying, I never knew this could possibly happen. Because the Word of God warns us. And if you look into the book of Revelation and some of the uh, judgments and some of the happenings and pronouncements and what's being released upon the earth, well, it, it, it totally uh, overwhelms the mind. It is going to be a very awful time. But what we again are called upon to understand is that there is one true God and one true Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not going to be deceived or fooled by false teaching and even by impressive shows of power because what we will be convinced by is the Spirit of God. You know, in these last days, there can be people who appear to have great powers, sometimes even healing powers. And you're, you're getting the testimonies, you're getting the stories, and you're thinking, these are extraordinary things, wonderful healings. And then sometimes it comes to light that the people behind this are in fact uh, involved in something occultic, something to do with witchcraft, something to do with a power that is not of God. We must not be deceived. Oh yes, okay, you say that, but I thought people were being healed, they were being touched, they were being changed. Surely that's of God. Well, it's not always of God. Sometimes this is all part of the devil's strategy to enslave and wrap people up in such a way that they will never find Jesus and go to a lost eternity. Now, the living God does heal. The living God does transform. The living God does deliver people from the deepest bondages. Praise the Lord, he does. But when he does that, it has an impact upon our lives, which is an impact for good. God doesn't do things to control people and to dominate. God does things to give people an opportunity. You see, uh, look at the ministry of Jesus. How many people did he heal? Well, I can't give you a number, but what I can say to you is that it's a vast number. Maybe thousands. How many people 
were in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit after Jesus had died and risen from the dead, ascended. How many were there? The Bible tells me 120. So what does that say? That says that there were ever so many people who received physical healing, lepers who were cleansed. We know the classic story of 10 lepers cleansed, only one comes back to say thank you. There were many, many who were touched in their bodies. But Jesus gave them the freedom. Now you can choose to follow me. Now you can choose to leave your life of sin and put me first. But even the people wonderfully healed had the freedom to go and reject Jesus. And sadly, tragically, so many did. That's the difference. When the devil inspires by some means or other to bring what appears to be a blessing, a help into someone's life, it's not actually going to uh, help them deep down at all. It will enslave them. They will not know the peace that passes understanding. But when Jesus heals and when Jesus delivers, we are given a choice, an opportunity to put our trust in him. Well, Jesus goes on to say, in these very last days, the sun will be darkened, the moon won't give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, heavenly bodies will be shaken. It, it's going to be an absolutely awful situation. But uh, Jesus says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. What endures in the most difficult and painful circumstances is the Word of God. And that's why we need to know and to receive and trust the Word of God. What Jesus says in the remaining verses is something that perhaps many of us are very familiar with. He says about that day or hour, the day or hour when everything will be brought to a conclusion, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father know that day. And what Jesus is saying is this, because that day is coming and because the Father knows it and no one else does, and people who think they're working it out will come to grief, they will discover their plans, their theories haven't worked. It will come. We therefore need to be ready. We need to find ourselves in a place where we are wholly submitted to God. Whenever that day comes, we need to know that when we leave this life, we will be safe in the hands of Jesus. All of Mark 13 is not about scaring us, it's not about causing us to be paranoid and looking everywhere, wondering which way to turn. It's the opposite. It's saying that as day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, as time unravels, it's heading towards the conclusion that Jesus Christ will return in all his glory. And therefore, it's good for us to put our trust in the Lord. It's good for us as I said, to have our roots deep in God. Get ready to endure. 
Get ready to face opposition difficulty. Get ready to rest in the grace of God. Here at Lansing Tabernacle, we thank God for all of our members and all of our friends. And those who are watching this uh, message who have no links with Lansing Tab at all, we're grateful to share the Word of God with you. Our heart in these times is to recognise that in the midst of apparent chaos, God is sovereignly working his purpose out. May you draw near to him, be encouraged in him, and may God bless you. Amen. <laughs>